cannot tell you how excited I am to be here. Um, I am a mother of two children. Both have graduated from high school and college and are making their way in the world. Uh, my husband and I lived here for seven years while they were in their high school um, days at Marist and Holy Spirit. And then he kept climbing the corporate ladder and so we moved to South Carolina in 2017-18. And then he took a job in Ohio the same week that the world shut down for the pandemic. So we, um, and we sold our house in a day. So we got to move in the middle of the pandemic three times and it's been a little bit of a weird time. But I am so excited to be here. Little known fact, uh, my parents got married here. I was born and raised in Houston. Never thought I would live in Atlanta. And it's exciting to go and worship in the same place that my grandparents worshiped and where my parents got married. And I was just thinking about how awesome it is um, to be praying in the same place where my mother you know, walked up the aisle in her beautiful gown. So just thank you for indulging me in my, in my walk down memory lane with somebody else's memories. It has been a time, I think we can all agree, that it's uh, unlike anything we ever thought we would experience. And some of us have come through it beautifully. My mother has flourished. She's introverted, but she keeps a super tight schedule, and so she has kept all of her obligations, and, and it's been great for her. My daughter, on the other hand, did not flourish in the middle of COVID. And so it's just interesting to see, uh, maybe you experienced it as well, you know people who have had the best 18 months. And there's a lot of other of us who have not. And so how do we navigate this going forward with our faith still intact? So that's a little bit about what I'm gonna talk about today. So my daughter lives in, in downtown Charlotte, and I don't know if any of y'all have been down there lately. The buildings are huge, and there's tons of restaurants now. And one of the places that they have in Charlotte, we have here, Jenny's Ice Cream. Has anybody been to Jenny's Ice Cream? Do y'all love Jenny's like I do? <laughs> um, it is, I, ice cream is my absolute sweet tooth weakness, but it never fails to surprise me that when I'm walking downtown after we eat, we go out on the little plaza, the line to get in to that little bitty Jenny's is it's just like the one in, was it West, West Side Provisions? Where's the other Jenny's? West Bases, even. West Bases. West Bases. It's super small, and people stand out there for 20, 30 minutes, just two by two in the line, visiting with each other. Um, it, it just never fails to amaze me what we will do for our dairy or non-dairy treat because they will they, they have both when i was in high school in houston um, about the time that i was driving or dating people dating boys that were driving i was able to kind of sleep in on sunday mornings and go to mass in, in the afternoon and that was a you know, big spread my wings moment well i do have a confession to make there was one maybe two times that I didn't quite make it to Mass. I made it instead to James's Coney Island to eat ice cream for this boy. <laughs> instead of going to Mass, my mother would probably uh, be appalled to hear it, but she'd probably also believe it. I think that there's a lot of things that we do to avoid going deeper in our spiritual lives. 
For most of my life, I thought mass was boring as all get out. And clearly, by the fact that you're here today, you have leaped over that hurdle, kind of like evil can evil jump it over the Grand Canyon. It takes it, it takes a you know it just it takes a leap of faith in order to get there. But kind of what I would like to talk about is either for you if you have not fallen back in love with the mass, or for our family members who are away from the mass, who were raised in the faith in a way. Maybe some of the things that I'm going to talk about would be some talking points or some little evangelical nuggets that you could put into place in a conversation to sprinkle through with a little bit of love, a little bit of grace, a little bit of mercy to hopefully invite people back in. Because it was, for me, it was through invitation that I always took the next step in my faith journey. Um, So my mom still lives in Houston. She's, uh, my father has passed away, but my mom is in Houston. She's super, super healthy. And almost to the point where it's annoying. So I don't know if you have people in your life that are like that. They kind of get, they get evangelical about the way that they eat or a new exercise routine or, you know, like probably a lot of people got, you know, uh, converted by Peloton over the um, brain. But uh, my mom loves these spinach smoothies. I thought they sounded absolutely appalling. It's just a concoction of hers, or it's a concoction of spinach and frozen fruit, some protein powder, chia seeds, this nut combination, and avocado. It just, it kind of goes on, and the more that you watch it being blended, the less appealing it seems. So when I was visiting her several years ago, she was making them every day and was saying how great she felt and how wonderful they tasted. And I'm like, no, I'm just gonna have my granola and have my grape nuts. So for about four days, she's eating these smoothies and come on, don't you want one? I'm like, no, I do not want one of your smoothies. So after I ate through the entire box of cereal and there was nothing left to eat, I'm like, fine, I will drink the smoothie. And you know what? It did not taste as bad as what I thought. It's what it looked like it tasted. So I drank the smoothie, and then the next morning I drank the next smoothie, and I'm like, you know what? This is actually kind of filling, and I'm not as hungry as I thought I would be. And I got the recipe, and I went home, and I kind of crafted my own one. I left out the avocado, because that sounded kind of gross for breakfast. Not like avocado toast I like, but not avocado to drink it. Um, but I made my own smoothie, and I found out that really I felt so much better when I was drinking these things for breakfast than I was eating my normal breakfast routine. So, um, you know, mom's, mom's usually right. <laughs> I found that really my, my whole day was transformed by the spinach smoothie thing. I had more energy. Did not feel like I needed to be eating as much of the baked goods that kind of gave me that sugar high, and then I would crash and, and feel bad. Um, and it really it just became easier for me to get through the the, you know, the whole day and and make better choices about what I was going to eat for lunch and for dinner. And I also so I started thinking about this idea about 
spinach and ice cream. And many of us associate our spiritual growth with spinach. Something that we should be doing, something we should be getting more of when we have the chance. But when we get the chance, we usually choose to do something else. So we already have lots of experience with our physical hungers. We recognize the sensation of what that is. We know the grumbling in the stomach feels like we eat something, this, that, that sensation goes away. But what I really would like us to explore and think a little bit more about is what are the symptoms of spiritual hunger? Do we even call them? Like, do, we, do we ever say, you know what, I'm spiritually hungry? It's kind of a, a concept that's probably, you know, the saints have written about it, and it's something that we understand, but are we personalizing it for ourselves and, and figuring out how to, you know, take that to a deeper um, exploration? So I look around this room, and I, I am just, I really am in awe of the power of praying women and the, the lives that we transform by the service that we give, the care that we give, the nurturing that we give to all the people outside of our room. It is something that it's just, it really is a, a, a gift from God to be able to create, create people and to nurture them in a way that's unique to, to women. We do a really good job of showing up in our prettiest selves. We put our makeup on, we put on our cute outfits, we show up at the right time. But what this all covers up are some internal things that we really may not be sharing with other people yet. And I also find, after my years of sitting around the table, across the table from other women, is that we probably aren't sharing our deepest vulnerabilities with God either. We're really good, I talked about this yesterday at, at Holy Spirit, we're really, really good at interceding for other people. We're good at nurturing other people. <coughs> But when it comes to ourselves, nurturing our own faith and being vulnerable with God, I know I struggle. So we each have a spiritual hunger. And each of us has our own set of symptoms of the spiritual hunger. And there are ways that we can satiate this hunger. We have been given, I mean, the beauty of our faith is that there are so many different avenues to, to connect with God. And the symptoms of our spiritual hunger, a lot, I think a lot of times that instead of recognizing and becoming curious about them, we seek short-term satisfaction in solutions like, and I am guilty of this, I can tell you the first person I am, Preaching to myself as I write this. So I wrote this. I, I seek my self care a nice hot bath, a glass of wine, manicure, a massage, go for a run or an exercise. And it feels good for a few minutes, but it's not a long term solution 
the symptoms still remain. And I think that the crux of our confusion is that we believe that there are ice cream solutions for spinach problems. And so we keep searching and we're confused because we know that Christ promises peace, but we don't see it and we don't experience it. Or we do and it's so fleeting and we don't dedicate the time to the practices that we know will help us in the long run, the spinach practices. So what are the symptoms? What are some of the things that will help us to understand our spiritual hunger that we really should become more curious about rather than keeping it arm's length? And just like a physical hunger, these things are not super comfortable. You know, if we go for a really long time without eating, you do not feel good. There is a reason they call that hangry. We uh, lose our tempers and uh, lose, you know, it's, 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 you do not want to be around me if I've been away from food for about four or five hours. One of the first symptoms that I think is a sign of spiritual hunger is doubt. And so good girls usually don't know what to do with their doubt. Instead of facing it head on, we bury it beneath our busy. And not only do we doubt that God is who he says he is, we doubt whether his plan is better than the one that we concocted in our own imagination. And y'all, this is really, this is an uncomfortable place to be. And it's, I'm just want to be honest, these are the things, I mean, these are the thoughts that go through my mind. It's, it's after all of the years of going to Mass and after all of my Catholic school education, I beat myself up for not having a deeper faith. I think that's wrong. I think that we can turn that around, and I'm going to tell you how. But when we doubt, we ask questions like, does God still care about me? Does God still care about my family? Does God still care about the refugees at the border? Does God still care about unborn life? Does God hear me when I pray? When I'm praying over and over and over for the same thing? Will he want to hear from me if I haven't talked to him in a long time? These are the things that holy people do, and I doubt that I'm really called to be a holy person. So doubt. Second one that I know that a few people in here have experienced is distraction. Has anybody sat down to pray? Thought, okay, I've got all my stuff together, and the only thing that comes to mind instead of words of prayer are your grocery list? <laughs> so we get distracted. And we live at such a pace that we are unable to focus because of the distractions, because of all that needs to be done. We also are distracted by the vast amount of entertainment options that we have at our fingertips now. And distraction really is probably one of the easiest symptoms to recognize. And don't we beat ourselves up about it? I should be able to, I should be better at this by now. Why does this always happen to me? But what we do with our distraction determines whether or not we go away with Jesus, whether we come away with Jesus or not. 
So, if distraction's one of your things, here's some ways that you can tell if distraction is, is, is one of your symptoms. Do you heap coals upon your head for your inability to pay attention in mass? Do you read to scripture and find that your mind wanders after a few verses and then you give up thinking that your brain just can't handle scripture anymore? Do you sit down and wonder, why is this not more fun? And are you afraid of the silence? So after doubt, after distraction, the third symptom is discouragement. And many of us are just flat out discouraged. We're discouraged that things are not turning out the way we want. We're discouraged that so many things are canceled. We're discouraged that fill in the blank. I think we all have something that we're discouraged about. And this is the one that we really do keep most closely to the best. Again, we like to keep our outsides shined up and pretty. We like to kind of hide some of this discouragement. So some of the things um, that sound like discouragement to me is I'm just I'm tired from trying to do all the right things. I'm discouraged that I've done all these things and it's still not working out the way that I want it. My life is not coming in the same plan that I thought that God um, should be doing for me. Discouragement can also come in the form of I don't have the time, I don't have what it takes to be holy. There's just so much division in the world and I'm sick of it and I'm discouraged by all the fighting. I'm discouraged because there's just not enough time. I can't add anything else and I'm just flat out exhausted. One of the ways that we can set with these symptoms of spiritual hunger is to focus on scripture and one of the verses that um, kept coming to me when, when I was thinking about um, this, you know, this, this conversation was come away with me. And so after the passage that was our gospel today, Jesus sends everybody out two by two and he tells them, you know, this is how you're going to do it. Well, they come back and they want to give him the download on all of the preaching and teaching and healing that they have done in his name and the people that they've converted. They go out and then they come back from their work. And what does he say to them? He invites them, he says, come away with me to a deserted place. And y'all, that sounds like spinach. Because really, who wants to go to a deserted place? You do if it's with Jesus, and if you know Jesus, and you think of Jesus as being this most wonderful, inviting, healing, holy man who wants to speak to you and, and just love your heart. But if he just says, come to me the, to the deserted place, that does not sound like a day I want to go on. So we need to reimagine what that deserted place looks like. Because when I was reading the passage, I think I was reading it wrong. I don't think that he was saying, come to the deserted place where there's nothing else there. I just think it was the deserted place of there's nobody else here. It'll just be you and me. We're going to have the conversation. 
This is going to be a safe place where you and I can talk. So this is the invitation that we can um, respond to over the next coming months. And y'all, it's a come-as-you-are party. I don't know if y'all have ever been to one of those where you get the spur-of-the-moment invitation and you go in your sweatpants or your pajamas or just however you are. That is really what he's inviting us to. And I don't normally do this. This is really kind of out of my comfort zone. But I want y'all to close your eyes and I'm going to paint a picture for you. I want you to take all of your doubts, your distractions, and your discouragement, and I want you to put it all in one bag. Just imagine yourself just putting it all in one bag. And you're going to carry it on your shoulder, and you're going to start walking down the road. The bag is heavy, and you're kind of cattywampus. You're walking with a limp because you're tired. And then Jesus is going to come alongside you and say, I've got this special place that we can go. And hey, can I carry that for you? Because it looks heavy. You hand it over because that sounds a whole lot more appealing than carrying it by yourself. And as you walk to this beautiful place, because it is, it's a journey. Notice your surroundings. How does the air feel? Has your limp disappeared? The ache in your shoulder is gone. And he invites you to sit down. of love and mercy. And those words are the things that fill your bag. And then he tells you it's time to go. Your bag is full, but it's light. So what we can do is we can create our own spiritual smoothie recipe. There are so many different ways, again, within our Catholic faith, that we can allow Christ to fill our cup so that we become the conduits of mercy and love and continue to transform the lives of the people who we are interacting with on a daily basis.
one of the ways that I, one of the elements of, um, of my spiritual smoothie that, it, that I had in the past, um, and that y'all have available here is adoration. And that is where you can really work on the distraction and taking that into prayer and showing up. I know that probably most everybody that's here has known the beauty of that adoration chapel. But we can also get an adoration you know, at home as well. Bible study, y'all being here is really a great um, ingredient for your, your spiritual smoothie. And I find that writing is, is a way for me to really connect my prayer life and my day-to-day -day life so that I can figure out what it is that God is trying to tell me. So writing in a journal, really responding to the questions in your Bible study, being in a small group to support you and to keep you going. Um, those are all you know, elements of, of um, I guess my spiritual smoothie recipe. And so if you're going to, if you're at a place where you're thinking about adding more things into your life to um, deepen your faith, I really would suggest that you do one small thing. Don't add a bunch at the same time um, because you're going to get burned out and you're going to get frustrated and it's going to be even more discouraging. So I was thinking about approaching Mass in a different way. So if Mass is a place where you're coming every week, there is a way that you can Approach your doubt, your discouragement, or your distraction within the Mass. So if you have doubts, bring them to prayer and spend your time in the Mass pondering the Creed. Take the elements of the Creed apart and figure out what is the one that God wants me to be focusing on this morning. What is the one sentence in here I can really ponder and examine during this hour of time with God. If distraction is something that you struggle with, bring a notepad and pen and take notes in the Mass, especially during the homily. But if, you, if you're in Mass and you think you know, your to-do list is running through your mind, take a second, take a second and write it down and leave it. It's a really great way to get what's off your what's on your mind off your mind in a in a safe place where you know that you can reach it later. And discouragement. If discouragement is something that you're struggling with, focus on the Eucharist and focus on the time when the when the priest is you know, when he when he elevates the Eucharist. Lay your discouragement and your struggles on the altar and unite them with Christ's sufferings. And you can really sit and, and, and imagine all of your struggles and all of your sufferings united with his. And it has brought me so much peace. So I hope that this is you know, kind of giving you some food for thought and something to um, 
give you just some encouragement going forward. You all know that you're just like on a great, great path. I um, created some notes that were from this talk, and they're on my website, and it's katiekibbe.com forward slash three hyphen D. And just think about the three Ds of doubt, discouragement, and distraction. So katiekibbe.com forward slash three hyphen D if you want to download those notes. And I can answer any questions. We have about five minutes. Anybody has any questions? Someone in your family has um, 
going to like one of these kind of big non-denominational Christian and I I know what the Catholic line is but what are your thoughts about that um, as it relates to you know not doing the Catholic thing but doing something else so it depends upon the age of the of the person the relationship that you have to them so I have opinions about and, and about what you do for a minor child versus what you do for an adult child and keeping the conversation going and asking curious questions about what do you you know what are you what are you getting out of that um, service what do you like some of it I think is if we can become curious about why people are leaving, what they're getting somewhere else, then it can also energize us to change the Catholic, to change our parishes, to become havens for people who are searching. So look, looking at the conversation, listening with a very curious mindset, knowing that God works in mysterious ways and that he can always put people in their path that they will hear from better than they will hear from us if it is somebody who is like a child because our children really, for the most part, um, like my spinach smoothie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to say that they don't want to listen to us, but there's a lot of times they just don't. Like keeping the conversation going, whatever you can do to keep the conversation going, asking questions in a non-judgmental way. What was the name of that book that you mentioned that by the woman author? The Diary of Elizabeth Lesseur, and it's, it's spelled like Lesseur Peas.